Welcome everyone to another edition of Kiwi Talks. My guest today is the head of Crow, New Zealand's first cybersecurity lab. Uh, I'd like to welcome Dr. Vimal Kumar. How are you doing? Thank you, Reese. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. 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 Did I did I pronounce that right? Is it Vimal? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Does that mean anything in Hindi? Yeah, it does. Um, well, there's a slight uh, change in pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> it's Vimal with a short e. Vimal. Yeah. Vimal. Yeah. But I I don't mind as long as you can identify me. Well, I hey, it's 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 all good. I have a I have a partner who's Indian, so I should be pronouncing this stuff right. Um, so Vimal was it? Yeah. Vimal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, and, what, and what does it mean in Hindi? It means pure. Pure. Oh, well, that's <laughs> that's like the perfect name, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Um, so in regards to cybersecurity, which is obviously a big thing that impacts the entire world how did yeah. how did you go about getting into it uh it's not a very interesting story <laughs> well, i'm sure you can make it interesting or i'll make it sound interesting <laughs> okay um so i took this um this cybersecurity course or paper when i was an undergrad in india okay and uh i really liked it uh, got hooked to it and spent uh quite a lot of hours pouring into that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then um, I had this brilliant idea, a light bulb moment, mm -hmm. and I wrote up uh, that two, three, four, four pages, mm -hmm. okay? And and, I, and then I took this to uh, the whole write-up to my professor who just, just shot me down. Why? Why did he shoot you down? His exact words were, this is crap. Those were his, his exact words? Yes. And, and now that I look back at it, it indeed was crappy. Uh, but, uh, what was crappy you know, about it? <laughs> it was something um, very rudimentary, um, which a 20-year-old student who had seen cybersecurity for the first time would, would think of. Yeah. But I could have done with a little more encouragement at that point of time, I think. <laughs> as, as you should, when you're that young. Yeah. Um, and um, so that was uh, the first uh, sort of uh, tryst with cybersecurity. Um, and um, uh, so after I graduated, I worked for a bit, which was uh, my work was not in cybersecurity. It was in mainframes, which is really old technology at this point mm -hmm. um, and then I decided I want to do a PhD but cybersecurity wasn't uh, on my mind at that point of time I also liked networking um, wireless networking and stuff um, and and because I yep if if the if my professor had encouraged me I would have probably uh, gone towards that 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 space but uh, I was more inclined to towards networks, mm -hmm. um, and and uh, so I, I was applying for for a, for a place for a PhD in US. And and the good thing about about US um, education system is that if you after your undergraduate, if you want to do a PhD, you can skip the whole master's part. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, well, we, you could do that here as well, if, as long as you have done an honors degree. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so, so I applied for for a PhD, and uh, so I applied for uh, to quite a few places. And uh, this this particular professor at this particular university said, "Hey, um, yeah, you are interested in uh, uh, your application says wireless networking and and that stuff, but I have a project which is not exactly wireless networking, but wireless networking and security." Oh, <laughs> and wow. uh, yeah, and I said that's pretty cool, and I jumped on it. Um, so that's how I sort of got into security, but that wasn't really cyber security at that point. It was more uh, wireless se- uh, security or wireless sensor. So when you when you say wireless security, what what do you mean exactly? Uh, so it so cyber security is a very general and broad term, mm-hmm. right? So you can have various different parts, various different types of security in it. So you can have your computer security, you can have network security, you can, you know, these days we talk about IoT, Internet of Things, you can have security of Internet of Things. So you can have various different, and and while you can think of all of this as cybersecurity, there are certain aspects of each of these which are different from the others. Okay. So my focus was more on this wireless network security. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and a lot of it was very theoretical. Um, so that is what I did until I finished my PhD. That was in 2013. Um, and um, um, after I finished my PhD, I um, uh, got a job as an assistant professor. Uh, and where was this? University of West Florida. So it's a okay. pretty cool place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was when I actually began exploring and getting more into cybersecurity in general as people understand it rather than a specific part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so in the, in the U.S., there's a lot of push from the government um, to have more cybersecurity education uh, at the university level. We don't see here that much in New Zealand, but in the U.S., there's a big, big push. So uh, I was at this very small place in, uh, in uh, at a very small university, but we had a, well, at that point of time, we were developing a um, um, a government-certified curriculum. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got to be a part of it, and that's basically where I got into cybersecurity, as people generally understand it. Okay. So you said that uh, the that America, obviously, there's a big push for that. Would that be because of defense, I suppose, or military? Um, it's it's everything, actually. Um, so starting from the grassroots level, where you are talking more about protecting general businesses, small businesses, and people, um, um, uh, average person, mm-hmm. um, you know, protecting uh, their systems, pers- personal protecting personal information and things like that. Uh, starting from there to um, really looking into, say, things like malware, uh, analyzing malware and um, um, viruses and worms and that kind of stuff. From there to uh, even um, offensive technologies and then more defensive technologies and all that stuff. So they are they're putting a lot of money into uh, cybersecurity at every level. Because I think they they know that this is something that is going to be really big, um, you know, five to ten years down the line. So, malware is that 
is that kind of a infant technology though because they have much more uh well, what's the word i suppose the better ways of uh hacking or obtaining data um it's everything is connected right so when thinking from a hacker's point of view when a hacker wants to um, get information from you or if you think about doing somebody doing it at a larger scale uh, a nation state a rogue state who is trying to get some data you know uh, uh, from a from a government or a large company whatever it is they don't care what means they use as long as the end as long as the end goal is achieved and the end goal is to collect information collect data right now how do you how do you achieve that end goal how do you collect information you can do simple things as you know if you if you're collecting information about a person you can just see if there's information available on social profiles social media or or information available about them in general on internet right we we make a lot of forum posts every day you get stuck somewhere you're looking doing looking to do something post it on a relevant forum i have this problem this is me i was trying to do this and help me i'm stuck here mm-hmm. right we we do that all the time but what that's also doing is that's that's you're giving out a lot of of course you want people to help you and that's why you're giving out a lot of information but that information can also be used for other by other people for nefarious purposes right now hackers don't care whether they are using very sophisticated intelligent means to collect information or they are using these rudimentary uh, techniques of just you know collecting information from social media and profiles and stuff like that as long as they get information and and so they they rely on a number of different tools right starting from just simple trying to see if there's something available on your social media profile so would that be so even if there's not that much information available they'd be able to piece information together from little parts i yeah. suppose the similar thing to what national did with the treasury yeah yeah so if you have um and that's something that is really important to understand that even though you might not have all the information about yourself at one place we can always or anybody can always collect all these different pieces of information from a lot of different places and put them together and create a very detailed picture about you um a lot of people don't understand that and uh, uh, but that's really important hmm okay yeah i mean do do you advise people not to post things on social media i do <laughs> um i what 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 other things that you should absolutely not post on social media besides the obvious stuff like bank accounts and bank account or credit card number or anything so one of the or things that family stuff yeah um so i was looking at something uh yesterday and uh you know we talk about all this uh, there 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 are all these data leaks and all this stuff and everything yes and one of the main malicious uses of all this hacked information um by um let's say quote unquote attackers or hackers is they use this information for ransom okay mm. so they're they're using this to blackmail people 
And so I think every individual has to decide for themselves what is it about them that can be used for blackmailing. Right. Right. Would there be? Would you know offhand how many people would uh, pay the ransom? No, I don't. I don't have an estimate of that. Yeah. But uh, the statistics that I was reading said um, about forty-one percent of um, um, the um, attackers mm-hmm. are using your data to blackmail you or to get ransom. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty big chunk. Mm. Um, and um, a lot of you know, we hear about the scams, right? Yeah. Um, and even uh, that information that that I'm talking about, it may not be used to blackmail you directly, but it can be used in a scam to make the scam seem um, uh, not fake. Can you give me a specific example? So, okay, uh, let, let's take the example of blackmail, right? Um, um, there was this... Um, webcam blackmail going on uh, uh, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where um, people will, uh, or the attackers, I think we should settle on a term, which is always good. <laughs> okay, well, so, yeah, we'll use one term yeah. so then people who are listening or watching us Let, let's Let's call them attackers. Okay, we'll call them attackers. Okay. okay. So what they would do is they would send you an email mm-hmm. saying, hey, we have this information on you and we have a video recording of you uh, doing certain activities and if you don't give us money, we're going to make it public. That sounds like an episode of Black Mirror. It m- have you ma- seen Black Mirror? No, I have not. Okay, there's an episode in Black Mirror where this... Oh, anyone who's watching, I'm sorry, this is probably going to have spoiler material, but... There's an episode where a kid, he, his sister borrows his laptop and then it ends up with all these ads and stuff on it. So he installs this antivirus thing that's actually malware. And anyway, he ends up watching some child pornography and his webcam, webcam is on. So the whole thing is filmed and then they use that to hold him for ransom to get him to do all this stuff. Right. So and yeah, I mean that stuff is obviously relevant now. It actually happens. It's it's not. Um, w- when was this episode aired? Uh, maybe a couple of years ago. Black Mirror. Traditionally, you'd probably probably like it because it deals with future technology. I, I have heard about it, but I haven't had it got a chance yet to to yeah, actually definitely <laughs> definitely watch it at some point. And maybe if you come back on the show again, we can we can talk about it in more detail because. Uh, I think I think you'd really really enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy it, I, and some of the stuff is very very relevant now. Some of it is obviously stuff that will happen in the future, but yeah, it's it's. I have heard of of, of ransoms and things of that nature mm. happening. So, um, this is not far fetched. What you're talking about yeah. from Black Mirror, it it's um, um, it's happened, um, and what happens is in most cases. Uh, the attackers, they don't actually have anything on you, but they pretend to have it, uh, right? Okay. Now, how do they do that? So if I come to you, say I'm an attacker, mm-hmm. okay, I'm trying to blackmail you, right? Uh, and um, I tell you, hey, Reese, is this your email address? I send you an email, hey, is this your email address? You would say, yes, yes, who, who is it, right? And then I will tell you, is this your password? 
and it is your password, right? Mm -hmm. And so you will, of course, get startled, yeah. right? Uh, and then I'll tell you, see, this is your email, this is your password, and I have a lot of other information on you as well. Mm -hmm. I have a uh, webcam recording of you doing <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so if you, yeah, so, so um, um, if you want me to keep my mouth shut, I need money, yeah. right? So, and I don't have all those things. All I had is your username and password. And from that, I'm pretending to have a lot more information on you. How much would people ransom, ask for ransom for? How much money do they hold people to? Um, do you think it would be, would it be in the thousands? Tens of thousands? Um, I, these people are clever, right? So, they, yeah. yeah, so they're not, they're not going to ask for something that you can flat away say, Hey, I don't have anything. Right. So they, mm -hmm. they, they, they do research to maximize their chances. Right. Right. And so they will, they will try and, uh, um, come up with a number that they think you can by stretching, perhaps stretching your means you can, uh, um, uh, come up with. And would their research be obtained, or the, the research information, would that be obtained through social media more than likely? Most likely, yeah. yeah. Um, so what, the way they can get your email address and password is, um, you know, we keep hearing about all these leaks. So yesterday there was a, um, the ANU leak. Did you come across it? No. Can you, the, uh... the Australian National University. Okay, what happened there? Um, so they discovered that... Um, uh, their database was um, compromised, right. and that compromised means information about uh, about nine information going back 19 years, uh, which affects about 200,000 staff and students, wow. uh, has been compromised. How would how would that information be obtained? Passwords and all that all that nature. How would somebody obtain someone's password? Right. So there are many ways of going about it, actually. Um, so if, if I am, say, um, okay, let's say you are the good guy, I'm the bad guy. Let's, right. let's go with this okay. for the next few minutes. We can go with it. Um, I like that. So I'm the attacker. Um, so you, you work in um, IT mm -hmm. of a particular organization. Right. You handle all this stuff. You handle the databases. Of course, you know, as, a, as users, we see the nice graphical user interface where we enter our information. But at the back end, there's a lot of stuff. There's databases and all that stuff where all that information is. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a team, a group of uh, people in every organization that handle all that to make it run smoothly. Those are the people that we call when something is not working. Uh, and they have access to everything. Right? They're, they're the people under the hood who have access to everything, who are, if something breaks, they are fixing it. And because they fix it, they need to have access, right? Mm -hmm. Now, so they, they are what we call privileged user in the cybersecurity or computer science terminology because mm -hmm. they have a lot of uh, uh, access. If, one of, if uh, one of their accounts gets compromised, this is a very, very uh, common way of uh, hacking into and, and getting information. You, you try and uh, get uh, or hack into the account of a privileged user or an IT person. So once you get so uh, so once you get access to their account, uh, then you can use those that email address and password to to um, uh, or the user ID in general and password to access everything else. So IT people are pretty much the gatekeepers, aren't they? Yeah, 
Yeah, so they are the gatekeepers, and those they are uh, uh, the 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 target a lot of times. So it could be pretty detrimental to a company if the IT guy does something silly, has an off day. Yeah, and and you know we're all humans. You know, yeah. we we, yeah. we expect IT people to know more, but human people make mistakes, and you know, yes, we need to be more vigilant as IT people. But sometimes mistakes are made, and and um, you know, and they will be made. <laughs> would would IT ever be automated in terms of being controlled by an AI? Do you think? Um, will it be fully automated? I I don't know the answer to that. But a lot of stuff is automated, and we still well, if we keep on automating more and more and more stuff, but yeah. we we keep needing more and more people for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I suppose because it opens up other areas where someone can work yeah. or do a different yeah. job or maybe yeah. they're looking after the AI that looks yeah. after the AI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's actually even more dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and so the way, uh, um, and again, this is something that has happened before, so I'm, I'm talking uh, uh, from... Uh, uh, from previous case studies, my information is coming from previous case studies. So, mm -hmm. one of the ways uh, of luring an IT person or basically anybody is phishing. Yeah. So uh, I've heard of this term. Yeah. So it's not phishing as in the traditional phishing as in out on a out on a <laughs> lake with a fishing rod fishing for I don't know salmon or tuna or something. This is P H I S H I N G phishing. Right. Right. Do you mind explaining to the listeners and viewers what that is? So phishing is it's it's phishing for information, right? Um, so you are in some way still phishing. <laughs> um, so the way uh, uh, um, and we don't get phished as often as as much as we used to before. But what happens is you get an email, okay, from from an attacker again me. So you get an email from me, and I'm pretending to be someone. Okay. Mm. Um, so I'm pretending to be your friend. Okay. So say you have a friend, um, let's say Bob, and um, so Bob sends you an email, but it's not coming from Bob. It's actually coming from me. And the email says, "Hey, Reese, uh, I found something interesting. You know, you might be interesting. Or you might be interested in this. And uh, and, and there's a link in the email." Okay, so you, you click on the link, and um, um, that link actually takes you to some website. So say you have uh, an account on New Zealand Herald. New Zealand Herald started uh, paywalling. Yeah, I see, I've seen that. But there's a way to already, already bypass it. Yeah. Did you, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are doing that. New Zealand Herald, you need to up your game, seriously. So, say you have an account. You were, you are one of those people who are actually paying for it. <laughs> so, you say you have an account on it. So, uh, the link takes you to the to the to the um, to the website, and you log in. But it's it's a fake page. It's not an actual page. Um, it's a fake New Zealand Herald page, and uh, which actually is my uh, web page, not New Zealand Herald's, Herald's web page. But I've created this fake one to look exactly like New Zealand Herald. So it's Herald's. a replica. It's a replica. But you'd be able to tell that it's not there, there the exact are, thing by the, the are, web link. There are cues, yes, that you can, um, and uh, but but some people still fall for it because it's um, you have to be aware 
of uh, of this and you have to know what cues you're looking for such as the the url the padlock and stuff like that i'd imagine a lot of the older generation would not yeah not be aware of it yeah unfortunately yeah and and they are the ones they're the demographic that mostly falls for it mm. um so so that's phishing right so now you click on the link it takes you to a to a replica or a fake website you enter your username and password and the username and password instead of going to new zealand herald comes to me i have your username and password and if you you happen to be an it person uh, i have the keys to the kingdom oh my gosh it's that's scary that's scary i had a i, I was talk, i was telling you this about um, about this on the phone where uh, I posted something on Marketplace to sell, and then someone from Canada wanted to buy it, and he offered to pay me an additional $200 for this item if I posted it to Florida, ironically enough. And immediately it was a bit of a red flag for me, but I still gave him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, okay. And then I got an email. He, he, he messaged me saying, oh, uh, you should have an email. And I'm like, no, I don't have an email. He's like, check your spam folder. And I'm like, okay. Check my spam folder and there's an email saying your funds will be put into your account once the item has sent. Which was so dodgy. So dodgy. And I saw the, the, the email account and it wasn't even from... It was... Because usually, usually when you get something from PayPal, it's service dot intl at paypal.co.nz this was not that this was service.itnl345 at uh and it wasn't even at paypal so i i i emailed paypal and i'm, I'm like is this legit or is this something dodgy and they're like no nah, this is this this is dodgy and so i i i kind of took a screenshot and i sent it back to the guy and i'm like shame yeah getting me <laughs> he's like no it is me it is me i'm like no it's not you yeah uh, but i'd imagine he he's probably scammed a lot of people that guy yeah easy that is um unfortunate actually uh, how many people get scammed by that yeah well i think in new zealand as well as we're too trusting and we're we too are. relaxed we are yeah both both of those are are, um, are the reasons i we, remember <laughs> philip at that where i met you at the the security whatever it was a security event i guess where philip whitmore was saying new zealand is probably one of the worst countries in terms of how laxed our security is definitely that yeah and and you brought up both both of those reasons we first of all think we have this general feeling that we are so far away that we are immune to what's happening in the world and, yeah. and we get into we l get lulled into this false sense of security mm. right um so that's one of the reasons the other one is is that we are trusting and and that i i mean that is human nature which actually and we are more trusting of people than some other places but uh, that is the exact thing, the exact nature of uh, of humans that the attackers make yeah. use of. Are you? I'm not sure if you know anything about this, or I'd just be keen to get your opinion on it in terms of Huawei, mm -hmm. in terms of the infrastructure for 5G here. Uh, are we overreacting in terms of what could possibly go wrong, or do you think it's 
appropriate what we're doing in terms of what is it the G is it the GCSB is it mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, see we don't have all the facts but yeah. there are connections right there mm-hmm. um, Huawei has connections to the um, Chinese Communist Party yeah right and Chinese Communist Party is um, uh, um, doing a lot of surveillance mm-hmm. which uh their point of view is that if you do this uh, uh wide scale surveillance it helps in maintaining law and order right, right. um and that's true as, that is true right um but the flip side is when you're doing this large scale surveillance you have you are collecting information on your citizens and that information can be used Mother if you if you're not open mm-hmm. about it it can you can use it any way you want not just for law and order right well they do that already in china don't they yeah they have all that surveillance technology that monitors them 24 hours a day yeah yeah and they they, have, they already have that technology they're implementing it they're using it yeah and um and with 5g um it's a communication technology i'm calling you you're calling me or i'm on my phone or i'm, I'm browsing everything is going through their network and they are connected to the Chinese Communist Party. So we don't have any evidence of any wrongdoings, but there are connections that we can make, and that is alarming. Mm. Mm. That's fair enough. So we've obviously talked about cybersecurity. What, how, how did you end up in New Zealand? Where does that, where does that fit in? How did you end up here? Because you're in Florida. Yep. A lot of people love Florida. <laughs> I have not been there. I am supposed to go there next year, but... Uh, yeah, so how did you end up here in New Zealand, and in, particularly in Hamilton? Well, so uh, I've, I've talked uh, about this briefly um, with you. Yeah. Um, so I, I was in the United States for about seven years, mm-hmm. um, and although I was in Florida, I was in uh, the part of Florida which is uh, uh, in makeup and in um, general sense very un-Florida-like. So, uh, very superficial? Not superficial. So uh, when you think of Florida, you're thinking of Orlando. You're think of, thinking of Miami. Yes, you're that's You're thinking of thinking. Key West. Yeah. Right. I mean, Florida, obviously, is still a big state. <laughs> it is, but it, it's, a, it's a very big state. The part of Florida that I was in was a nine-hour drive away from Miami. Okay, okay, so that's quite far away. That's, that's really far that's away. It's like driving from Auckland to Wellington. Yeah. Or um, Hamilton to Wellington, maybe. Yeah. Yes, but you're driving about 70 miles an hour. <laughs> so it's, it's really far away. And, and uh, the part, yeah, so that was Pensacola. It's, the city itself is really great. Okay. But the general sense of it is that it's a, it's a very conservative red state. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the people that I was working with, but not the general sort of... Um, and all the politics and yeah. all, all that jazz. Yeah. You didn't want to move to another part of America? I could have. Uh, but I wasn't very set on what I just want to you know, be in the United States or I want to go back to India. I was open to going everywhere any, yeah. or anywhere. I, I found a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was looking to move from there. Uh, from, um, so I was the, the place I was in is, um, is um, it's called Pensacola. Okay. Um, and it's actually a very lovely, nice little town. What's the population? Do you know? It's about the same size as Hamilton. Okay. But it's spread. And we consider Hamilton a city. 
as opposed to a town. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, that's that's the Indian in me. Yeah. Well, hey, I've been to India, so I know. I went to Mumbai. I I I know what a city is like there. So, yeah, I, it's understandable. So I get the perspective. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, in 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 the US, every place is a city. Okay. Well, technically, because a city is defined by a population more of fifty thousand people. Was it? Not I. Not quite. See, I was um, so the place I was doing my PhD in um, the um, uh, the university was in a in a in a place or a city, uh, Rolla. Yeah. The city's population was about fifteen thousand. It was still a city. I've driven a lot across the United States, and I've come. I've I've traveled through places. Population three thousand. And it's considered a it's city. It's a city. So what do they define as a city? I, I haven't looked it up, but it's really amusing. <laughs> because I'm sure I read it somewhere. Or maybe it's just New Zealand's way of what they consider a city. But yeah, I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Um, so when I say town, that's the Indian in me. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was, yeah, it's actually, uh, if you uh, uh, go there, uh, if, if you're planning to go to Florida, mm -hmm. um, it's worth uh, visiting that part of um, of Florida. So there's there there's Pensacola, and then there's another small city about a hundred thousand people. Um, I forgot the name, but they have absolutely lovely beaches there, white sand beaches. Yeah, well, I've only been to Seattle, and that was not known for beaches. It was pretty cold when I was there. So, yeah. <laughs> no, Pensacola, uh, uh, if you want to visit, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, but I was looking to move from there, and um, I saw an opportunity in New Zealand, Waikato. I came here for an interview mm -hmm. and really um, loved the, um, um, uh, the, the people in the department. Did you know much about New Zealand before you came here? A little bit, not a lot. More than Lord of the Rings? More than Lord of the Rings, yes. Okay. That's, that's, that's good. When I went to America, that's all they knew. Just Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, and, and, and the good thing was I, uh, when I came here to visit for the interview, it was uh, uh, at the beginning of summer. All oh, right. Well, here's, here's, yeah, well, this is interesting because uh, I would imagine going from India, New Delhi, because New Delhi gets quite hot, yeah, I imagine, yeah, into yeah. the high 40s. Yeah, so I was talking to my parents yesterday, and, um, or was it the day before yesterday, and they said it's 47 degrees. That's insane. I mean, I, when I went there, it wasn't even peak, peak season in terms of the heat, and it was in the 30s, and it was, it was pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can't even imagine what summer is like there. But so you, so you went from India, and then obviously you've gone to Florida, which is obviously also it gets quite hot there as no, well. No, uh, so I went from India to Missouri, which oh, is the Midwest. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that would not be as hot. Um, you would think so. <laughs> really? But it gets it's um it gets really cold in the winters. How um, cold? What 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 are we talking? The coldest I've uh, seen has been minus 20. Minus 20? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the polar vortex? Yeah, yeah. yeah the polar so, vortex, yeah. yeah. That so hit the, Chicago recently. Yeah, so yeah. the polar vortex, uh, it hits Chicago, then goes to, uh, hits Iowa as well. And the tip um, hits, like, the, the middle part of Missouri where the roller, uh, where roller is. So it's, so roller actually is the l sort of 
the last or the the southernmost area that the that the polar vortex hits. Um, okay. So yeah, was it a shock to the system to go from because New Delhi wouldn't get that cold, I would imagine. Yeah, the first year. No, um, yeah. So New Delhi is very much like Hamilton, actually. A lot of fog. Um, well, it's an inland city. It's an inland city, yeah. um, uh, but because of its location, uh, you get a lot of fog and uh, um, gets gets reasonably cold in in the winters, in the nights. Um, on uh, once a year, um, the coldest night could be zero. Okay. Yeah. I've I've been to Mumbai, mm -hmm. and I did not like it, um, because mostly because of the uh, the pollution and the smell and stuff. But I, obviously, I will be going back to India next year. Um, should I go to New Delhi if I do not like Mumbai? <laughs> if you don't like, well, for I've the heard that I have heard the the architecture and yeah, is is very very yeah very good in New Delhi. If you don't like dust but dust is everywhere in india that's not the south or the north isn't it well in the, in the, it's, in, it's, in the it's, center it's it's worse than new worse than new delhi it's worse than new delhi yeah well isn't because um with mumbai you get a lot of rains right so the dust settles down okay at least sometimes but new delhi doesn't get a lot of rain so dust just stays in the air because um, i i remember when i was there that i was i read in the paper I mean, I couldn't read what it was saying, but I did read the headline and said something about uh, New Delhi's um, pollution, trying to drop the pollution dramatically because it's yeah, quite bad. Yeah, they, they've, they've taken a lot of steps, um, yeah. but the main problem is dust. Mm. Um, and um, um, so I, I visited last year and I could feel the dust. So if, if the locals can feel the dust, you definitely can. Well, it was quite. I remember when I went, it was quite dramatic in terms of coming from here and then going yeah. there. It would, as soon as I got off that plane at Mumbai Airport, holy crap! <laughs> so <laughs> the heat and the dust—you could just feel it. Yeah, yeah. I so I would, um, if I had to recommend uh, anyone, um, I would, I would recommend people to sort of avoid the middle part of India because it gets really dusty. Um, um, I've heard the rather, south, south and the, the south north is, is quite beautiful. The south is good and the extreme north is also good. Yeah, because so that's near the Himalayas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, avoid the middle part. But that's again, again, enough, you may not want to because there are a lot of stuff to see as well, the architecture. Well, India and, is a massive place. Yeah. So um, I think I've seen 2%, 2 yeah, of the, it. The western part is pretty lovely as well, the, the, uh, the desert. Yeah, uh, yeah, what is it? Was it called Rajasthan? Rajasthan. Rajasthan. Yeah. 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 So, my my partner's from Gujarat, uh, from that state, and obviously her city is Baroda or yeah. Vadodara or whatever. Yeah. I don't know which one you use. I don't know which one. We keep, in, we keep India and the flipping. British. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but we are planning to go next year, and I think she said she wanted to take me to Rajasthan mostly because she's she's like oh, I don't think you'll enjoy the south because you see all the nature stuff here in New Zealand but you don't see deserts in New Zealand yeah. so what, what so one of the one of the places that you might want to visit in the south is Kerala so sorry what's it called Kerala Kerala yeah and where whereabouts in the south is that so um it's the it's it's deep south yep. but the western part of it 
Okay. Right. And um, uh, that's, that's very different. Uh, yes, there is greenery, but very different kind of greenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there are mountains, and um, uh, that's where all the black pepper comes from. Oh, really? Yeah. Did um, not know that. So, yeah, mountains and, and uh, uh, lo- lots and lots of coconut trees. Okay. So it's very tropical. All right. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So, so sorry, you, you settled here in Hamilton, and now you're working for Crow. So well, I'm working for the University of Waikato. Yeah. The University of Waikato has a computer science department. The computer science department has a cybersecurity lab. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what Crow is. That's what Crow is. What does Crow stand for? So Crow stands for the cybersecurity researchers of Waikato. Okay. I went on the website and I was trying to find out exactly. I'm like, what's the, is this even an acronym? I don't know if it's an acronym or not, but okay, so that's good to know. Okay, so in terms of what you do at Crow, you probably can't get get into specific details for obvious reasons. Uh, but what would you what would you and your research team, I suppose, do on a on a day to day basis? Are you just looking at so different security techniques? Yeah. So we have well, we largely divide our work into four different categories. Okay. Okay. Um, so there is um, cloud security, mm-hmm. right? So um, um, cloud computing is everywhere these days. You know, everything that you interact is uh, interact with is using some sort of cloud computing. Yeah. Whether it's Facebook or whether it's um, um, Amazon or, or whether it's uh, TradeMe or Netflix. Mm-hmm. everything um, and so we um, heavily look at cloud security so before I started um, the Crow Lab was headed by Dr. Ryan Coe who's now I've like, seen him actually He, I was actually thinking of probably contacting him to see because he, is he doing something similar to you now or is it something different? so he is not in New Zealand at this uh, it, point yeah, was he? So, he's Chinese. Was he Chinese? Chinese. Guy. He was uh, Singaporean. Singapore. Ah, oh, from Singapore. Yeah. Okay. yeah. My apologies. Uh, so he's uh, he's in Australia right now. Okay. He's at the University of Queensland. Right. Yeah. I think his uh, name's still on the University of Waikato. Website. He is still uh, in some capacity involved. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we have a big project that he brought in uh, when he was here um, called Stratus, and that specifically looks at. Cloud security. So, so we, sorry, what was it? Stratus. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that specifically looks at cloud security. So we collaborate with um, teams from University of Auckland, uh, Unitech. We have uh, we're collaborating with the Cloud Security Alliance, which is um, um, a sort of a worldwide organization, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the organization uh, creates standards and looks at cloud security in general all over the world. Right. Um, we have uh, we have um, advisors from the industry, um, mm-hmm. so um, Gallagher um, and uh, other places, and and we have uh, a lot of other industry partners as well that we are working with, and we have developed tools um, and we have developed technologies that we are now taking on to uh, the startup um, um, sort of st- uh, stage. Okay. Yeah. Um, so all the partners are doing their bit, and uh, so this was a government funded. Um, project oh, okay. and uh, it's coming to its end now mm-hmm. so the output that we have um, created are these different technologies 
that can now be taken on and uh, created into startups and can uh, benefit New Zealand uh, and you know the economy basically. When you say different technologies, can you get into specifics, or are you not allowed to say at this point? In time? Uh, I can I can talk about um, <clears throat> some of the stuff. So. Um, so one of the things that we are um, working with is um, is with our one of our Hamilton-based partners, mm-hmm. uh, C-Tech Technologies. Oh yes, yeah, yes, uh, I've seen them. So, I don't know what they were, but yes, I have seen that building. Yes, right. Uh, they've just moved into a new building in Terapa. They used to be um, at uh, in in um, uh, around in, on Anglesey Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they. Uh, work in industrial control systems, right? So you have these uh, uh, big plants, milk uh, uh, processing plants or, or you know, places like that. Okay. Right? Or, or even um, um, brewing plants, right? Um, so they, now of course there's, there's a lot of human effort that goes into creating anything, but there's also a lot of uh, machines that are controlled by humans. Right, so we call those machines industrial control systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what uh, CTEC creates. Um, so, so there. So when you say industrial control system, there are a couple of parts to it. One is the actual mechanical part, and one is the controlling part, which is more electronic and sort of computerized stuff. Right. Which use which you use, which the operator uses to control the mechanical part, like a like a centrifuge or a boiler. Okay. Okay. And um, so we are, um, so one of the products that, um, um, that Stratus has created and uh, which has come out of Crow is uh, <clears throat> we are working with CTEC to integrate that security product into or integrate that technology into industrial control systems and come up with something which is suited for industrial control system security because you can see how important this is right mm-hmm. so one of the biggest companies in new zealand is fonterra which relies heavily on their industrial control systems when they're processing milk so it is really important that all of that is protected and and the same happens with uh, various other industries as well um and so this is a very uh, uh important um, um area of cybersecurity, and so we are, we are working with our partners to to um Take these technologies that we have created and develop them into something that that um, we can then further um, um, license or sell. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting because I was reading, I think, on stuff a couple of weeks ago about how they're trying to make the Waikato the Silicon Valley of of New Zealand. Yeah. Would you Would you agree with that? Would you say no? Can you see, or can you see the potential of that happening? Well, there, with, there, with, all this, with all this technology, I mean, there, these there, there, there is potential. Yeah, uh, there is definitely potential. Um, and um, when you, well, we want to aim high, right? Yes. You know, we've, we 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 are you know always overshadowed with Auckland right there, a couple of hours away, um, but yeah. you know. But there is a lot of talent in Waikato, and there's always this big brain drain to Auckland mostly, and some to Wellington because uh, um, because you know we we can't well re- we don't have retain, the infrastructure we don't have the infrastructure uh, there are companies but a lot of times not visible 
right? And we see a lot of times that the companies in Waikato are, are taking on people from Auckland while we already have the talent. And so the whole, yes, there, there's a lot of talent available. There's a lot of, uh, there, there are industry in, in Hamilton and Waikato region as well. And, and the whole, so this, you probably heard this in the tech week uh, thing. when Possibly. Yeah. And so the idea is, um, of course, we want to aim big, Silicon, yeah. Silicon Valley of, uh, of uh, New Zealand. Um, and, and also, um, by putting this out there, we want to tell people that you know, we, we already have a lot of stuff here that people don't, don't know about. So, so let's, let's make that more visible. Okay. Yeah. I do think over time, the, the gap between Auckland and Hamilton, well, I, I feel the talent pool will kind of you know, fuse in some ways is, well, they're working on this train, but that's going to be terrible, but uh, at least initially, but I think the, I think they can enhance one another. Yes. Yes. Um, because Auckland is very expensive to live and obviously it's, it's, and a lot of industries are moving from Auckland down these ways because of, well, one lack of land and, and two, it's just very expensive. That that is true, and and we want to we want to harness that, and yeah, um, if possible, have the reverse brain drain from Auckland. Yeah, <laughs> do you know about the? There's an inland port that will be built. Yes, yes, yeah. opposite. So I would imagine that would probably enhance yeah. the yeah. University of Waikato. Yeah, yeah, and in yeah. terms of the the talent pool. Yes. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what the number was, um, the, the number of jobs that uh, we hope will be created. Um, yeah. Uh, but but that's, a, that's a really cool thing. Looking forward to it when it gets done. Yeah. 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 So in terms of future technology that you see on the horizon, is there anything in particular that fascinates you or you're looking forward to or you're horrified by? There, there, are, there are a couple. Okay. Um, uh, so one of the technologies is uh, Internet of Things. Okay. I have heard this term. I don't know exactly what it is. So, and that's, uh, so one of the areas that I talked about that we work in is cloud security. Mm-hmm. And the other one that we work in is uh, the Internet of Things security. And uh, this is um, a particular area that I specifically work in. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a lot of potential. Um, so Internet of Things is basically your everyday things connected to the internet. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, think... So you're, are you talking, so your fridge and your oven and all that stuff? So, a lot or are you, of, or see, are you talking about... A lot of times, a lot of times when, uh, when people think about, uh, or when people start talking about IoT, Internet of Things, people... Because I... I, I, I uh, um, was talking to uh, Stuart and Camille from Breeze FM this morning. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. And uh, um, so they started talking about Internet of Things, and, and the first thing that comes in everybody's mind is um, a toothbrush or internet-connected toothbrush or an internet-connected refrigerator. <laughs> well, I saw and, that yesterday at Harvey Norman. That's, that's yeah, and, and that's, that is exactly what we were talking about, the, yeah. uh, the stuff at Harvey Norman. You can, you can uh, know, uh, know your brushing patterns and get more... <laughs> Uh, efficient in brushing. <laughs> so, but but uh, those are mostly gimmicks, right? Um, but this stuff can be really useful as well. Um, so, you know, one one of the things that I find 
which is currently useful is uh, is the smart light stuff. Right. Isn't uh, is it some type of LED? Yeah, technology. Yeah. I saw because they're putting them already in some of the the lights within within Hamilton. Yeah, uh, you can you can buy uh, them for your home as well. So when you say smart lights, what do you mean exactly? So these are LED bulbs, basically. Okay. Uh, and um, anything that is smart basically has a chip attached to it where you can control it wirelessly in some way. Oh. Right. Um, so you have your you know, bulb in this room, in your studio. Uh, you can change the color. Um, don't have to go to the switch. It's really convenient. So do you... Can, you can just do it from your phone. Okay. So would there be a person in Hamilton that would have access, could control theoretically all the lights, well, all the LED lights from one... From one no, hub? no. So, so this is. I'm talking about f uh, for every. You, you, you can buy smart lights from Harvey Norman or no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and you can install them in your in place uh, instead of your you know your tube light or your bulb. You you install the smart light. And but what? But what I mean, what I mean is, so say you bought ten smart lights. Yeah. You'd be able to control all ten of those smart lights from your phone. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you could. So you said you could change the color. Yeah. Yeah. So rather from white you could change them all to yellow at the same yellow time. pink blue whatever it is ah, right? and so okay. you can you can have a, a disco going on i wonder if uh, i'm not sure if you've ever been to sydney but they have the they have like a, a a light festival there i'm wondering if that would incorporate smart lights um so at the um what's that the opera house yeah the opera house yeah right um so that's they use the same principle, but instead of um, using, you know, in, instead of doing it at a grand scale like like they do, mm -hmm. they're giving the power of doing something similar to every individual. Yeah. Right. Does would you know if if it's more cost saving to use those lights as opposed to, or would they be well, more they, expensive are, because of the wireless nature of them? These are LED lights. Okay. So LED in general um, is is more more um, is is cheaper in the long term. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, but but they do cost quite a lot because they come um, with the the uh, connectivity to your phone, whether yeah. it's to Bluetooth or whatever it is. Okay. Would you um, know Would you know offhand how much of Hamilton City has incorporated those smart lights? Um, I. It's it's a very I mean it's a it's a personal thing right it's not about the city it's it's you using it in your home yeah so I I, I don't really know I don't okay. I wouldn't really have that figure so that's one of the things the okay. other other thing is about you know having uh, smart street lighting yeah okay that that's something that can actually save councils a lot of money how so so you have um, street lights going on throughout the night yeah even when they're not needed right. So if, uh, if the street light was smart, which means that, hey, you have these four street lights. Of course, uh, with street lights, you want to have a lit up area and that's, that's a deterrent to crime in, in some ways. So, um, but the street lights, they just keep, they, they, they are on throughout the night and, uh, and, and they, they use a lot of energy. But if you could have a system where the street street light is only on when it's needed and switches itself off when it's not needed, that will save a lot of money. You say when 
it's not needed. Well, the only times I would think it would not be needed would be during the day when it's when it's on at night because aren't they used when you're driving your car so you know yeah so if there is someone on so there's a street right there's nobody on the street the street light is still on you need the street light when somebody comes when somebody's driving there or somebody's walking there that's when you need the street light so mm-hmm. could the, the so if you're on a street let's say you know one person drives down every 30 minutes yeah could you have it set so it goes on only when it senses that someone's driving? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's you know that's the smart stuff. I'm supposed to be having the mayor on here at some point, so I might actually ask him if he knows how much that saves in terms of cost. Yeah, yeah. A lot of councils are looking at it. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure how um, um, how much uh, Hamilton City Council has, uh, has looked at it. Uh, but I know that it's, it's been done at a lot of places around the world. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that comes under IoT. Okay. All right. So Internet of Things, yes, we can. There's a lot of stuff out there which is very gimmicky, mm-hmm. uh, um, good for amusement. <laughs> uh, but such as, <laughs> such as uh, the toothbrush, <laughs> toothbrush or the smart fridge. Yeah. Um, but but there there's something that's uh, uh, there there are things that are going that that are, that are really useful. So you've you've said that the smart lights and so forth, but in terms of stuff that scares you. So, well, uh, see all of this stuff, right? Well, it can be used for both good and yeah, you know. So and that's the case with basically every technology. Yes. Right. We we create technology for the public good, but there are always going to be people who are going to find that bit that can be used to you know to make the technology do what it was not supposed to do so when you when you hear about a new technology does your mind automatically go to the the optimist point of view or the skeptical point of view do you look at the uh, oh no this isn't good or do you look at it from oh wow this can be really can be used to so this 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 is great so so i have two hats right so one is the the technologist hat and um, so when I have that hat on, I'm looking at, hey, um, cool new technology, 5G or blockchain or, mm. or uh, artificial intelligence. What can we do with it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I have my other hat, my uh, cybersecurity hat, which is saying, hey, 5G, how can I break it? Okay. Do you know, so do you, would you know how to hack something? Do you know anything about hacking? I thought about getting into hacking at one point. Okay. Uh, not so I could actually hack people, but just so I knew how people might try and do it to me. Exactly, yes. Um, but but I, um, at one point I was like, mm, do I want to do that? I might get tempted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, hacking isn't really... Um, well, when most people think of hacking, they think of really, um, you know... Well, they probably Some, somebody it. down in the in the basement. Well, they probably get it from films, right? Yeah. There's some person, yeah, on, the some person like on the computer going, yeah, da 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 da, and yeah. then green screen and green text and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but hacking involves a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and a large part of hacking is gathering information, and I talked about this in the in the beginning of uh, of our discussion. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, so, th- and that gathering information can be done by any means possible it doesn't have to be sophisticated tools yeah 
a lot of people who are doing hacking are not very sophisticated, uh, smart, clever, um, um, you know, technical people. They know just enough technology. Okay. Um, so do you do you know much about the the dark web or dark web or deep web or whatever it's called? I know some. Yeah, are they the so, same thing? Dark web, deep web? No, they're not the same. They're thing. They're not the same thing. Okay. All right. So what what's the deep web and what's the dark web? Okay. So the dark web is basically um, the part of internet that you don't have access to. Okay. okay? Such as. Um, so if I wanted to access the dark web, like a web browser like Tor. No. 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 Okay. So. So that, that's something else entirely. No. No. Okay. That's that's that is deep web. Oh, that's deep web. Yeah. Okay. So dark web is just a part of internet that you don't have access to. Okay. So how do people get now, access to Now, there are a lot of parts of internet that you don't have access to, I don't have access to, right? Universities, database systems, you don't have access to that. I have partial access to it. <laughs> you have partial uh, access to it. Right. Okay. So, um, so that's dark web. You can't access it. That's dark. So if you can't access it, then how do you access it? Well, there are other people who have access to it, but for for general public, it is right. dark. Okay. Okay. You can't you can't go beyond uh, that that uh, far, without, that wall without having the right username and password or doing something that's illegal. Yeah. Theoretically. Right. Yeah. So that's dark web. Okay. Deep web, on the other hand, is the underground sort of um, anonymous. Um, underbelly of the internet. Isn't that the entire internet these days? <laughs> Everything's anonymous. <laughs> well, everybody creates fake usernames and and does all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. But deep web is, but this is, is worse. This You're is, this is really, worse. Yeah. This is yeah. the this is the really 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 dark place. So is this where personal information would be sold? Yes. Yeah. So in terms of the personal information that's sold, what would be? So if someone was got access to your personal information what type of information would they try and sell to get money? If they weren't going to hold you for ransom, which is obviously one way they'd do it, mm. and they're just selling information to somebody on the deep web, what type of information would they would they sell? So every, everything has value, right? So yep. every piece of information about yourself, uh, about you, has value, whether it is um, your, your account details, your credentials, okay? Your cr credentials like your username and passwords and things like that. Mm -hmm. Or your account details, your accounts on Google, your accounts on Facebook, Twitter, or Netflix, or mm -hmm. Spotify. Okay, all those things have value. Uh, of course, they hold value to you because you have paid for some of those accounts, and yes. some of those accounts you have valuable information like your Gmail and stuff. So they have value to you, but they have monetary value in the deep web. Okay. okay. So they, these, these are the things that can be sold. In terms of the monetary value, yeah. how much would stuff sell for? So it depends on your, what kind of information it is. So right. let's say, for example, your Netflix account. Right. How much would that sell for? So it could be anything between 2 to $5. Okay. Yeah. And something like... Bank account details or medical, yeah, so, medical information. So, yeah, so different kinds of information has different different values to it, value to it, and all. It, it also depends on which, where which country you're from. Now, when these uh, the attackers are mostly looking to target people in the quote unquote Western countries, okay, uh, because generally 
people in those countries are more well off than other places. Right. Okay. Okay. And now, even within the Western countries, um, there are different sort of um, um, value of the same same information. So you get some some uh, account details uh, of or credit card details of a person, some random person in US. Mm-hmm. It will have a different value than somebody in Australia or New Zealand. Right. So these people, they usually do this. Where? What countries would they originate from? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, well, sorry, I should rephrase that in terms of, uh, in terms of what countries do you think? I mean, we can't say anything for certain. Hmm. But if uh, when you when you trace it back to a source, where does it usually lead back to? So but obviously, every country we, will probably be guilty of this. Yeah, I'm sure there's very, um, certain countries that may have a higher percentage than others. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, we can't really trace everything from start to end right mm-hmm. if we could do that uh we would have much less cybercrime <laughs> uh but but you know we can trace where the we can see where our trace ends okay right and a lot of it uh originates from um eastern european countries okay okay uh so that's one of the places so um, what about russia yeah, I would include uh, Russia in that. Would you um, China? Um, yes, some some from China. Yeah. Um, uh, there are some from Eastern Asian countries as well. Um, but is- but what is important here is um, um, so at the end, the the scammers or the attackers are looking to make money out of you. Yes. Right. And that's why they're doing all of this. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a way for them to, after doing this whole thing, after all their operations, to convert the money which is in the cyber realm to actual money that they can use. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so what they're trying to do is, um, so as long as it is in the cyber world with you know deep web and anonymous identities, it, you can be anywhere. Right, but as, but but the point where you actually take that money, and take that money in the cyber realm, and you want to convert that into actual physical money, that point is really important mm-hmm. because that is where you can actually get caught. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, for if I'm the attacker, a country which has very relaxed regulations around this would be the one I would prefer. Okay, not someplace like New Zealand or, or, or US or Australia, right? And that is why, so you would go to perhaps countries like Eastern, Eastern Europe or, or other countries, smaller countries, which will look the other way if you, if you have some money. Okay. Um, uh, tax havens, you know, mm-hmm. so places like that. Yeah. Do you, because obviously with the American election, it was... You know, there's a lot of suggestion. I don't know if it's actually been confirmed or not that Russia tried to interfere in the election, but I'm not really interested in talking about the, the political side. But the in terms of bots, AI bots, uh, is that is that something that you guys have looked at in terms of how it can be manipulated and used to influence things? No, we 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 haven't looked at it yet, but we have had discussions on this yet. Right. On, and um, um, so one of the things that 
um, well, that people have started looking at and, and some of the companies are not um, doing uh, as well as they can is a different kind of attack, cyber attack, where um, when I'm the attacker, I'm not actually, generally when you have an attacker, there's the, when, you, when there's an attack, there's an attacker and the attacker is trying to make your system do something that it's not supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? So something like, you know, um, um, you're, you've locked your house and I'm trying to break into your house. So I'm just trying to sort of, your lock, your lock is not supposed to be opened by anybody else, but if I'm breaking into your house, I'm trying to open your, open, I have a master key or whatever it is, I'm trying to break into your house and opening the lock. Mm-hmm. So your lock is not supposed to be opened by me, but I'm opening it. And most of these, most of the cyber attacks that we talk about are like that, right? So we're, we're trying to make a technology do something that it's not supposed to do. Okay. Okay. But we're seeing a different kind of cyber attack where the attackers actually take advantage. The attackers don't don't make the technology do anything different, but just take advantage of the way the technology works. Okay. okay. Which was the case uh, with Facebook, where you know whoever it was. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and what they did was they didn't didn't try to break Facebook, right? So all they did was they created these bots. Well, they right? just tried to use it. Yeah, and and the for... bots were bots were doing exactly what what uh, anybody would do with Facebook, post stuff and things like that. Mm. But by using the functionality that Facebook was providing, they were influencing something else. Mm-hmm. So a different kind of attack where you are letting the system work the way it is working but you're using it against them. Right. Right. And uh, so, we, yeah, so that's, that's in general, we can think about all this new stuff, artificial intelligence, about stuff like in, in that way, where nobody is trying to break your technology. They're actually going to try and use what your technology does against you. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, um, that's something that um, um, we, uh, we've been talking about. But mm. I, I haven't, uh, I can't say I've actually worked uh, on it. On, on it. Yeah. Um, I had uh, a discussion with, um, um, with, with, a, with a, um, the CIO, what was that CIO? CI, CISO, that's the Chief Information Security Officer of a, uh, of a bigger, big company in, uh, in US when they came over here. Okay. Um, and uh, they didn't, I, yeah, surprisingly, they weren't actually doing anything about it. Really? Yeah. They didn't so, care? Well, they did care, but it's a, it's a hard problem to solve, first of all. And, and they, were, they, they had taken a lot of steps on uh, you know, the traditional cybersecurity that we think of, you know, making sure that nobody breaks, nobody steals passwords, nobody steals data, nobody breaks into the accounts and things like that. But they, they didn't consider the, the possibility of something like, a, like, like the Facebook attack, right? Hmm. or uh, the in Facebook influencing where you actually take advantage of the way Facebook works and then use it to whatever you uh, uh, for doing whatever you want to do. Well, I suppose you also uh, any type of security security firm or anything will need well they have alloc- um certain limited amount of resources in terms of where they can allocate that's that what is... they're going to be spending that money and and time on. So yeah. 
I suppose that's that's yeah that, something that, to consider. That is true as well. Yeah, yeah. but but um, um, yeah, but but what was what was surprising was um, that that was around the time um, was before um, the Christchurch attack. Um, I can't. Perhaps yeah, it, it was before, but but uh, the whole Facebook thing when everybody knows that Facebook has been uh, used in such a manner, yeah. uh, you would expect people to be more vigilant is and a, have taken taking steps. Okay, know. is there a before and after the Christchurch shooting in terms of what happened? In terms of what you focused on after that, I mean, has it changed anything in terms of what you do on your day to day? No, um, there. Well, it hasn't affected much of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis because, again, I, like I said, uh, these are the things that we have talked about but we haven't really looked at Yeah. because we are, we're uh, looking at some of the other stuff. Um, but in general, yes. Uh, uh, at two different... People have, been, have talked about this at two different levels. One is what can the governments do in... Uh, um, and 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 what can the uh, the technology companies do uh, to prevent such things happening? But but the, the but the fact remains that this is w something like this is extremely hard to to manage. Mm. Um, you know, you you're talking about spreading something that we don't want people to see, or spreading fake information. Um, it is not an easy thing to do. It it is extremely hard. And so saying, hey. Um, uh, yes, there there could have been things that uh, that Facebook could have done better, but saying hey, uh, you know, you're not doing a job. It's yeah. Are you, which which side of the fence are you on in terms of <clears throat> accessing information? So obviously, because the shooting is now, it's illegal to share it, and some people argue, no, you should be able to see what you want to see. Are you are you for it, or are you against it, or are you do you kind of see both sides of the argument? Um, because I, I don't think, I mean, I don't even know why people want to look at it anyway, but, um, I think people are worried that by implementing this, it leads to other things being that, that limited. is, that is the concern, right? Uh, while I, uh, I haven't, I, I wouldn't want to look at anything like that and, uh, I wouldn't want it to, uh, spread and, you know, people looking at it as well. Well, I saw it and I didn't even want yeah. to see it. Yeah. Um, but then the question is, you know, once you set a precedent, you know, what's what's next? You know, people are because, um, yeah, people are going to say, hey, you, this, you know, something happened and then you did that. But and then something um, uh, happens again. And when we 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 again, you know, uh, curb a little bit of freedom and then, you know, sort of a snowballing effect. Yeah. Well, which I is, think which that's is, people, people are worried which about, which is it, the concern they they. they you know they don't want restrictions yes but i i i completely um am um sort of i i know that there there's no absolute freedom of expression right no well there isn't there, there can't be i think be, it's a fake you know, construct that's kind yes, of yeah and and people just some believe. people believe that yes they have absolute freedom of uh, expression but they don't as you know we have a government it's it's not anarchy if if there was anarchy, we would have absolute freedom freedom of expression. But yeah. uh, you know, we have when when you have a government looking um, taking care um, of pe uh, its people in general, then you have to lose uh, some of those freedoms. Yeah. 
Uh, last thing before we wrap up, uh, I just wanted to ask you about, we talked about this briefly in terms of deep fakes and the technology that it's being used for. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of what they've done in Snapchat now where you can take a picture of yourself and it turns you into the opposite sex. Yeah, I I looked at some of that stuff on Facebook. <laughs> have you done it to yourself? No, no, I, I don't have Snapchat. <laughs> Uh, but and people are using those pictures and then putting it on Tinder, to I think just to troll, you know. And and um, but it's it's scary in terms of where, how where that can lead in terms of I mean because that's just that's quite minuscule in terms of in terms of the uh, the power and and who it affects. But stuff we discussed it in terms of the Mona Lisa being turned into an actual person and. And how they're able to manipulate audio and make a person talk. That so they did it with Ben Shapiro, uh-huh. uh, where they they took they an AI was constructed basically, and it used it to construct a sentence that he would never say on some political stuff that he would never ever say. Um, you can just kind of tell that it's not quite right in terms of the tones and the pitch yeah but it's getting to a place where it's very very scary so you could theoretically have a president or a prime minister and they say something that they didn't actually say um how would you how would you even monitor that yeah so no you're absolutely right it's it, it is very scary and that is that is where the government and the laws come in yeah, that's the kind of stuff that is really hard to um, once it's out there to curb through technology. And um, what well, as as you know, as technologists, as as people who create technology, we would like to believe that technology has a solution to everything. <laughs> but yeah. uh, unfortunately, it doesn't, and 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 that is where uh, governments and and uh, laws come in. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's that's one of the ways of countering something like that by, you know, in terms of protection, we are always behind. Whether it's cybersecurity, whether it's laws, yeah, we're we are. always yeah. we're always playing catch up. And um, I don't know why that is. I really need to talk to some government official, or somebody high up the chain, who can explain to me why it takes so long to implement certain things in, in, in terms of law. Particularly when it comes to anything digital, digital or te- technology-based. Yeah. Well, one of the things is, uh, I guess people, um, when when a law is created, um, uh, it's not exactly set in stone, but but it is something like that, mm. and they don't want to get stuff wrong. And, well, yeah, and yeah, of course, that's, that's uh, a valid argument. Yeah. yeah. And of course, um, uh, stuff in democracy always uh, moves slow, so you have to. <laughs> Uh, uh, factor uh, that one as yeah, well. Yeah, I suppose it's one of the advantages China has, doesn't it? You just do whatever the heck it wants. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, yeah. So that's uh, so some of um, the only solution to some of this stuff is actually have more stringent laws against um, uh, and, and treating some. So for a long time, we actually did not have m- most places in the world did not have um, laws to deal with cybersecurity uh, mm. or cyber attacks. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we were using at in 2019, a lot of countries have now 
created laws which specifically deal with cyber abuse or cyber attacks and things like that, or cyber theft and things like that. Mm. But for a lot of time, there were no laws uh, for that kind of stuff, right? So you will use laws that were created centuries ago uh, where, you know, if, say, there was a theft, uh, there was a law uh, that told you what, you know, how everything will be governed in case of a theft. Now, when you have a theft, you can define what exactly is the thing that got stolen, right? Once you, you have something that you possess, it gets stolen, you don't have the possession of it now, yeah. right? Now, those same laws were being applied to deal with uh, cyber attacks or cyber theft, which is very different, right? If I steal your password, you, I have your password, yeah. But you also have the password. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is this is not the same this this entity which is your password is not the same thing as me stealing something from you. Yeah. We use the word stealing and theft and things like that, but it is a completely different thing. So if you had the ability to, I mean, who knows if this will ever happen, but if the if the government came to you, actually have they ever come to you and said how can we improve our security? Uh, I've just taken on this role, so not yet. Yep. But I'll, yeah, it, it it would be nice to be involved in more conversations. So yeah. would it be something you'd look at yeah. potentially in the future? Yeah. Presenting to them, hey, these are the issues. Perhaps you can uh, implement some laws that limit this. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what was the question? What's that? Oh, the, the question was, would you be willing to present that? To the government, if any any type of security that you think that they need to implement into law. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm not a law expert by you know by any stretch of imagination. But in terms but of in terms of the stuff in, you see on in, a day to day In terms basis. of how uh, laws are or may be influenced by technology yeah. or are influenced, yes, uh, that is somewhere I would like to have my input uh, at. Okay. Yeah, but but I can't really. You know, talk to anybody about about actual yeah. laws. Not at this stage, yeah, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been good. I'll probably wrap up here. But um, hey, thank you so much for doing this. Not a problem. I I enjoyed being yeah, here. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I like being educated on this stuff. Um, and I hope all the the viewers and listeners will enjoy it too. All right. So that's a wrap up, guys. Until next time. Thank you very much. 